the most powerful message I can give you is you are loved. You are loved. You don't have to earn that love. That love is yours because you're breathing. You have the right to know you're loved. There's a God who created you, who loves you right there, right now, no matter what anyone has ever said to you, you don't have to earn that love. And I challenge you to reach out to him and ask him, ask him about it. And it's between the two of you. You want me to help? I'd love to help you because I do. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hello, come on in and get that cup of joe, get that uh, fired me up uh, drink, your go-to drink. Sit back, relax, get some encouragement today. All right, let's get fired but motivated. Let's help the next person ahead of us in line here. Pay, Pay it forward. Is that what they call it? Pay it forward. All right. Hey, I'm Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Hey, our guest today had uh, gone through childhood trauma. She's a survivor. Man, I hate when children go through all this stuff. But she, survivor, how much of a survivor? She's an internationally award-winning author, speaker, uh, podcast host of her own show. She takes trauma and informed self-love coach. Man. That's something right there. Get the the self love coaching, self love. That that's a we don't get enough of. We need to love ourselves. All right. Hey, she's passionate about helping men and women that are f- over fifty years old live a courageous, victorious, vibrant life. Welcome to the show, Danielle Burnock. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here today. Thank you. Well, thank you for what you're fighting through right now. She says she's got uh, caught the old COVID thing going on. <laughs> and so uh, hopefully you're down on the uh, other end of the hill here now that uh, you're on the down, downhill slide and getting better. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Obviously, you're getting better because you're here. So we're, we're, we're glad that you're on the show. And again, thank you for sharing your valuable time with us because we know what they're saying. Uh, time is valuable. And so I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad you, I'm sorry you went through what you went through. I'm going to tell you that already. And I don't know your story. Just when I see childhood trauma survivor, okay, I just want to apologize you went through that. But hopefully it's made you a a better person in the long run. It's made you a more giving. Again, we we have choices in life, don't we? I can be the poor pitiful me or I can be the one to, uh, what do you say, pick yourself up by the old bootstraps. I never understood that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and go forward, make the best life possible, and help the person in front of you. Amen. So, all right, Danielle, I'm going to shut up, and uh, let's get you started, because I want to provide this platform for you to be able to get your story and journey out. So have at it. Well, I never had anyone apologize to me for what I've been through. That's really, oh, really? interesting. I'm, that I'm, sorry that. About th- I'm sorry about that. Because um, you should have more of that. Well, childhood trauma is really an epidemic. Eighty yes. percent of people go through some form of trauma. It's really quite rampant. But I've been through a lot of different things that I dismissed growing up because they were just normal to me. 
And that's part of what I do is to help people take ownership of the truth in their life and to see how it has affected them. Because trauma leaves side effects. And I also suffered a thing called childhood emotional neglect, which leaves like an empty space. And you can't see something that's missing. That's difficult. So these are the things I am passionate about helping people to see the side effects in their life so that they can deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, it never, the side effects never go away. You just suffer. Yeah. So, and, and, and an example that I would give with, um, you say, uh, you can't miss something you've never seen or don't see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the example I gave, dumb me, when I was back in college and had a roommate, was born with, um, oh, she, what is it? Oh, I'll come back to it. But he couldn't walk from the very beginning. His legs didn't work uh, very well. Uh, what is the name? I'll come back to it. But uh, one day I asked him, I said, hey, do you miss walking? And he said, well, how can you miss it if you've never had it? And so, you know, same thing here. He, so he said he couldn't miss because he's never experienced it. So it's the same thing you're saying there. Well, that's a little different because with childhood emotional neglect, it's something you needed mm-hmm. and you don't know that you're lacking it. And so it's an important part of our lives, like emotional intelligence. If you don't know how to identify your emotions, how to operate your emotions, you're going to be an emotional wreck, which mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> oh, yes. I was an emotional wreck. <laughs> because and that I, is cerebral palsy my friend had. Uh, that was what I was going to guess. In my book, Because You Matter, one of the gentlemen that I interviewed, because I interviewed 10 people and shared their stories of trauma and overcoming in that book, one gentleman, he had cerebral palsy, was born with it. The doctors told his mother he would never walk. She did not accept that. She did not accept that. And she fought for it and did unconventional things with him. And he walks, he drives, he's even become a public speaker. At the age of 40 something, he was diagnosed with Asperger's. He had, Mm -hmm. it was, um, they don't call it Asperger's anymore. They call it on the spectrum of autism, but he had all these things, but he had a mother that helped him just grab a hold of life. No, you don't tell him he can't do this. He can fight for it. And if we discover he, we can't get there, we'll discover that. We don't just go, Oh no, just buy him a wheelchair and throw him away. Yeah. So yeah, I just I'm glad, love I'm his glad story. His yeah. mom is just phenomenal. His mother was phenomenal. He wouldn't be who he was today without his mother. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, they didn't just portray, like you said, uh, take the simple route of, all right, okay, let, we're going to first fight and try. If that doesn't right. work, at least we did our best. Yeah. Yeah, she fought hard. She lost friends. She put the doctors in their place and everything. This was back in the 50s when, you know, Doctors yeah. with the white coats were the ones with everything, and the women were to you know sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh-uh, yeah, yeah. "Ain't going that way." <laughs> there you go. She was ahead of her time. Yeah, so it's like perseverance. Talk about it. I I tell his story all over the place. I was thrilled to be able to share it in my book because it is perseverance and believing in people and loving them, which is one of my core messages is love. Because I grew up feeling unloved. My parents were sufferers of childhood emotional neglect and childhood trauma themselves, only that wasn't a thing back then. Okay, yeah. They they didn't really know that. So they did the best they knew how, but it wasn't enough for what I needed. And Mm -hmm. I had circumstances in my life that took place on top of the neglect, like 
my grandmother died and two months later, my father died and four years later, my brother died and also was publicly shamed in front of the church and publicly shamed in front of the school. I was bullied by someone who maligned my name that fed into a belief system of a lie that I didn't believe I was loved. So I grew up, I was just, I was trying to kill myself slowly, torturing myself because I hated myself so badly mm -hmm. from all those different wounds. And it's a horrible way to live. But love heals. Love heals that. It's not instantaneous. It's not magical. It's just possible. And depending on the pervasiveness of someone's trauma or neglect, that will speak to how long it will take to heal. So it may take a long time. It took me a long time to heal. But I know it's possible. And so I want to help others heal. You know, back when I was growing up, PTSD was something that only people who went to war had. Mm -hmm. It was not a term. Childhood, um, no, emotional intelligence was not a term until the 80s. So people didn't raise their children with that. They didn't know any better. And one of the things I deal with with my clients is people don't want to own the truth of their lacking because they feel like they're throwing their parents under the bus. Okay. Well, my parents did the best they, they knew how. Well, that may be all well and good, but do you have the tools that you need to live life? And so I developed a mathematical equation for my first, first book, Emerging with Wings. It says no malice does not equal no harm. And the story I like to tell to draw the picture for that is if, you know, let's say we're playing catch and I throw the hard ball and it hits you in the head and I go, oh, I'm so sorry, but it cracked your head open and we have to take you to the hospital. My lack of malice does not mean that you did not get harmed. So if we have parents that they did not mean to harm us, yet we do not have the tools, we were not emotionally nurtured, we were told to sit down, shut up, and I'll give you something to cry about and, you know, to shut off your feelings, which is pretty much how I was raised, very authoritarian. I was a sensitive child, still am sensitive, highly sensitive, and just taught to shut down your feelings. Like basically don't feel. That is harmful. <laughs> Our feelings are a part of who we are. Our feelings are messengers. Dr. Caroline Leaf, a uh, brilliant uh, neuroscientist. She calls them messengers. And I love that term for it because we've heard the term, don't shoot the messenger. Mm -hmm. But our emotions, they're coming to tell us something. And when we've been raised to, that emotions are bad and we shouldn't listen and don't be over emotion, don't be over sensitive, don't all the emotions and you need to rule over them and you need to manage them and you need to all these harsh terms about them. What we need to do is we need to listen to them. They came to tell us a message, a message. And so we need to listen to that message instead of shooting the messenger and then we respond with intention. That's where emotional intelligence comes in because there's a way to respond. We don't just follow our emotions around. That's, that'd be like following the messenger around. That, that's not life either, but they're a very important part of our life. So that is part of how I grew up. My emotions were just very mangled. The deaths that I endured, we never processed them because we didn't know how we had no help. And the situation that happened to me at the church that stripped us of that kind of a layer of support. You know, when the deaths occurred, oh, yeah. the neighbors all brought food, you know, for the first week and everybody goes to the funeral. 
when the funeral's done, we were left all alone. Mm -hmm. And when my dad died, my mom was one of those stay-at-home moms who she was working just by the grace of God. She was, had a part-time job in the library at the, at the junior high where I was going to school. That was, she had this little part-time job. How is she supposed to raise me and my two brothers? I was just, had just turned 14 at the time. And I look at my mom and what she has accomplished, even through all of her own trauma and, you know, struggling to do her best with us, even though we limped through life together. I just, I, she's a part of a hero to me because of what she overcame. I mean, she paid off the house. We never went without anything. And it was quite amazing, but she never knew how to deal with her trauma either. And that's a key message that I want to drive home. You who are listening, don't dismiss your trauma. Don't dismiss your pain. Don't sideline it and say, well, it's not as bad as so-and-so. Well, it's not really a big deal because, you know, I shouldn't stop shooting yourself and deal with the truth. And then you can heal your heart. And you can go from surviving to thriving in life. It's we, uh, so important to deal with it. Yeah, we, we have a little intersection right here where my dad died when I was 16. Now I say my dad is my uh, stepfather, but he was the dad that I knew. And I tell people he's the one that loved me when I needed it, and he's the one that busted my butt when I needed it. And, and I needed it during that time. And I don't think there's enough of that going on today. Now, I'm not saying put bruises on me, but he let me know. You know, you're doing the wrong thing. You're going to be a better man. Let me, yeah. But he passed away. And same thing. My mom raised three boys for us, you know, to, again, want for nothing. But she worked her bone, fingers to the bones and everything like that. And, uh -huh. but she, uh, like you were saying, with the, um, not uh, uh, shooting the messenger, she, yeah. she doesn't tell us when she's hurting she didn't tell us when he's sick and she just went through this pneumonia and she was deathly sick. And if I wouldn't have made her go to the emergency room, she wouldn't be here today. And, and so, but yeah, she, it's, but she's 82 and she still has this, they will ask uh, doctor stuff. Asked, are you feeling bad? No, I'm okay. No, we didn't ask if you're okay. Are you hurting and stuff? So yeah, yeah. So, but, but she, yeah, she's went through it and she's hid all this, you know, from years. Yeah. Right. And see, it will eat away at you. It makes people sick. There's a body, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's true because trauma lodges in the body before it even gets to the mind. It affects the body. And people can be healed of all kinds of things if they'll deal with their trauma. It's not always true because trauma isn't the cause of everything. But trauma is the cause of many afflictions that people suffer. Cardiovascular diseases, cancers, diabetes, the studies are there and it just trauma kills. If people don't deal with it, it kills. It's like you take a beach ball and you hold it under the water. When you let it go, it's going to come up. And with trauma, when you do that over and over again, it's like you're refusing to tend to a wound. And every time you push it down, it's like you're rubbing dirt in it and making it dirtier and it's getting more infected. And then something happens and you act out in some fashion because of that wound that you're not tending to. And then you shove it down again and it gets dirty and infected and it will, you can keep doing that till it will not be denied. However, that presents itself that you finally deal with it or 
it kills you. It's, this is why I'm so passionate. I want to help people, but it's difficult because people are afraid to deal with it because it's painful. It's painful to deal with your trauma. Yes. But you know what's more painful? Is not dealing with it. Because the pain of dealing with your trauma or dealing with your dysfunctional childhood or your difficult childhood or whatever word you want to use instead of trauma is if you deal with the pain of trauma or all of that, that pain will go away. And then you won't have that pain anymore. It will be gone. But if you don't deal with it, that pain of not dealing with it will never go away. So your choice is temporary pain or permanent pain. But the yeah, choice is which pain do you want? <laughs> with the, the what, what you're explaining uh, hits me. If you remember back in the 80s, some of you never weren't even thought about it in the 80s. But if you remember back in the 80s, there were commercial, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. You know, <laughs> the minus commercial, you know, the yeah. automotive. So you can take care of your pain and stuff now, or mm -hmm. we can deal with it later and you may not like it later. Right. So, yeah. And so, yeah, there, it makes me think of that commercial as you're talking about that. Yes. Right. So, all right. Now then, um, man, you, yeah, you've come, you've, yeah, yeah we're not dig deep into all your trauma and stuff, but where you have come from there and learning to deal with, uh, it would be new emotions, you know, that you didn't get to experience. And mm -hmm. so um, how hard is that when you're trying to deal with the new stuff it comes, which again, really should be old news in a so-called, I guess, normal environment, you know, growing up, but now it's new to you because you've hit it or it never existed or whatever. So how hard is to deal when it finally does erupt? Um, not quite sure. I understand that question, but well, I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe say, um, you know, someone's been put, you know, you don't cry. I'll give you something to cry for. And, but when they finally realize it's okay to cry, that it's normal. I mean, how does that, I mean, uh, when there's maybe validation, I, maybe that's, maybe that's it, you know, maybe, yeah. Validation is the beginning of healing. Validation is the beginning of healing. It's hard to validate that sometimes when you've been dismissing it. So sometimes you may need someone that you really believe to validate that, you know, as teenagers, it's frequent, like in the, <laughs> the book, the movie father, the bride with Steve Martin, when she's, he tells her to put her jacket on because it's cold out. She's like, oh, I'm fine. But the fiance says, oh, no, you should get your jacket. Oh, okay. Tough. You know, it's like mom can tell someone to do something. It's like, oh, but when you listen to someone who, oh, maybe they know what they're talking about. We need to be validated by someone we will believe. Because it's important for us to believe the truth. Validation is believing the truth of what really happened. And it's what really happened in your own soul. Because trauma is not an incident. People think that trauma is an incident. Trauma is a thing that happened. Trauma is not that. Trauma is not the experience. That can be a traumatic exposure. That could be an experience that could cause trauma. Two people can go through the exact same experience and emerge in completely different emotional ways. Yes. Trauma is an involuntary wound that takes place inside the soul and the mind. 
It's involuntary and there's no shame, but people run away from it because they feel shame with it because that's one of the side effects of trauma. So being validated that that was that that wound is true. You have a right to hurt. You have a right to hurt. That is wrong. It's this it's like a big hug to the inside of your heart that like really? And when you get this release it gives you the freedom to start doing something about it. I developed a uh, framework to help my clients go through the process of healing. It's the acronym SELF, S-E-L-F. I bring this up specifically because of the L. The S is for C, the E is for expose, the L is for love, and the F is for free. Because we need to see what's happening. We have to expose the reason why, but then we need love because that's what gives us the courage to do something in the F of taking action to get free. That validation, as I said, makes you feel hugged in your heart. It gives you that empowering love to do something about it because love is what empowers us. Love is what heals us. <coughs> Excuse me. And in my first book, Emerging with Wings, I have a quote in there that begins with trauma is personal. That was a revelation to me because I compared my traumas to everyone else. I compared my trauma to a tsunami. I compared my trauma to the Sandy Hook murders. I compared my trauma to all these other things. But my counselor was just gave me freedom by the validating of, no, you can't compare, compare your trauma to that. There is no comparison. And there's validation in that. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen just because it wasn't that what happened mm -hmm. to you happened to you. How you feel is how you feel and how you respond is up to your choice. And people need to know they have that choice too. I use the term superpower to talk about your power of choice. I got that from Victor Frankel, who is in a victim in the Holocaust in the camps. Man's and he has a book meaning. called man's new freedom. And he says that they could take everything away from him except for his choice and how to respond. Yes. I call that our superpower. And yes, you could have been through horrific things and it's not fair and it's terrible and it's painful and it's awful. And you can go off on all the different things and it's all their fault and it's all this and all that. But the only thing that will bring you freedom is you taking a hold of that superpower and choosing how your going to respond to what is going on in your life. I had attempted suicide three times in three days. That's how bad I wanted out. And the last time they found me sucking carbon carbon monoxide from my van and I was put in the hospital, put in the hyperbaric chamber for hours to get that oxygen back in my body. Then I was in the hospital for seven weeks after that. But uh, during that time, you mentioned Victor Frankel with um, Man's Search for Meaning is the psychologist while I was in the hospital uh, had me read, had to read the book. And so we would read a chapter uh, that night and then he would come back the morning to discuss it. And so, yeah, that's a powerful book. Uh, that one is. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that one up. Now, let's get into this. Um, I know you're doing the self-love coaching. And so do you think a lot or during this um People are 
missing out on what I, what we call unconditional love is part of their uh, trauma. Oh, definitely. That's part of childhood emotional neglect. I mean, it's not just the love itself, <laughs> it's the unconditional. So, exactly. Uh, exactly. An example, I, an example I, I want to give here, and you can go into it more, but um, I have a service dog. I'm in a wheelchair, and he helps. I drop my cell phone. He can pick it up, give it to me and stuff. Uh, Ricardo. Um, but I saw a documentary one day where part of the part, depending on what organization you get your canine from, may be in the prison system getting some training, the dog. And they showed this documentary where people that uh, earned the, their trust got to use the dog and play with the dog and do some training with the dog. But then it came the time where they had to give that dog up. And these inmates were crying like a little baby, giving these dogs up. And one guy come out and he said, um, the dog gave him that unconditional love that he never got from his own, from his own parents. Yeah. So, wow. You know, if we yeah. had that unconditional love of, of an animal, it just had to be a dog. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so... Yeah, there's a, a lady, I forget her name, she's doing a thing called Prison Project. And she's going into the prisons dealing with something called ACEs. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's Adverse mm -hmm. Childhood Experiences and Emotional Neglect and helping them in there because the majority of people incarcerated have suffered trauma. And that's why they behave the way they behave. Exactly. It's an exactly. acting out of that. And that unconditional love that is so important because that's a part of my first book again, Emerging with Wings. My husband, who that's a whole story, he has a whole chapter in that book. He was the first one who showed me unconditional love. And it was God who brought him into my life. But mm -hmm. he was the first one that showed me unconditional love. And that revolutionized my life. Unconditional love is what we need to know. And I'm a Christian. And there are many people who call themselves Christians who don't portray the love of God as unconditional. They make it that you have to earn it and it's conditional. And that was part of one of the wounds in me was being rejected in front of the entire church as a child because I had to earn their acceptance. I had to earn what they had to offer me. And that's that's a that's a d destruction of the true faith of Christianity. So love is very important. It's this unconditional love. I mean that is it's what changes us definitely unconditional love that's yeah. why i i'd call myself that lady on the internet who loves you i started that before the pandemic i was just starting to learn how to do videos myself and get more comfortable on video so i was doing facebook lives and things like that and the pandemic was starting over in china and it was breaking my heart things that were going on with people and i just needed people to know they were loved. And I started saying, I'm that lady on the internet who says she loves you. And it evolved into, no, I'm just that lady on the internet who loves you. I started saying it all the time. And people say, how could you love me? You don't know me. I said, well, if people can hate you for no reason. I can love you for no reason. Amen. And I have Amen. learned that God loves me all the time. And I'm going to love you all the time because you deserve to be loved. I believe people were created in the image of God who is love. And that's our greatest need is to know we're loved. And it's my privilege to tell people that they're loved. It's their greatest need is to know that they are loved all the time, no matter where they are, no matter what's going on in their life, they can connect with God. And the two of them can work out the details. 
Hey, welcome. Uh, good morning, uh, Miss Southern Bell. Appreciate you coming in. And oh, I, I, I love love the example you give uh, there. If people can hate you and they don't know you, why can't I love you and I know you? Uh-huh. That's a great example. Powerful. So, all right. Um, well, Danielle, we've had a good time here. I really learned a lot uh, from listening to you here. And uh, you're definitely providing some inspiration for other people to be able to persevere in life. So, hey, go ahead and tell us uh, your social media, how people get hold of you, if they want maybe some coaching from you, uh, how to get hold of your books. Now, my books are available on Amazon and, you know, where you you can get books. I uh, Because You Matter, a little bit about that book, as I said earlier, in case you came along a little later, there are the stories of 10 other people inside this book as well, not just mine. And it's written as a self-help book in little bitty pieces so that you can read it little bits at a time because broken hearts can't swallow big paragraphs. And there's 10 people, there's stories in here, five men, five women, and of different ages and a couple different faiths and to just help you take ownership of your trauma and reclaim your God-given greatness. Cause I believe there's greatness in everyone and this will help you do that. And emerging with wings, that's my story of becoming free from childhood trauma, finding my value. It's written as a love story with a villain, a hero and the child. So it will help you walk through a situation and give you courage so that you could Deal with the trauma in your life. It's got that quote in there, trauma is personal. You can find that all over the internet. It's been translated in different languages and other people's books, programs, and uh, all on and on and on. But you can find me at my website, daniellebernock.com. It's B-E-R-N-O-C-K, even though it sounds like B-U-R. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on um, TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I have my Victoria Souls podcast, which is available on all the different platforms. And my tagline on my website is love yourself from survive to thrive. And I don't want to fail to say this. It's so important for you to love yourself. Hating yourself and failing to love yourself are side effects of trauma or childhood emotional neglect. A baby is not born hating themselves. Every baby that is born loves themselves. And if you don't love yourself, there's a reason. There's a reason. And you won't start loving yourself by, just by commanding yourself to love yourself. It doesn't work that way. You have to find out why. You have to get underneath the feeling of why do I feel so worthless? You can start with asking yourself who, what, when, where, why? Who am I believing is, is giving me my value? What is that? that lying worthlessness saying to me, where do I feel this worthlessness? Where am I at? When is it all the time or is it only at certain times? And why am I believing those feelings of worthlessness? So there's things that I can help you with. I have a short little course, seven day challenge to love yourself to help you get underneath that. Cause there's a reason there's a reason. And you have to get to the bottom of it. Like the sea exposed love and free. You can see that you don't love yourself, but if you stay there, you're just going to keep not loving yourself. But if you expose the reason why, and then feed yourself just as much love as you can possibly let into your life. And then take one step in the direction of that freedom. And you go through it over and over and over again. It's a process. It's what I take my clients through with my self-love coaching, trauma-informed self-love coaching. 
I mean, if you Google my name, you'll find me all over the internet. I have been doing this for a while. I've been, it is my heart's passion to help people to know that they are loved right there, right now. As I, I shared my faith, but I don't require that of anyone because God gave us that choice and I'm not taking that away from anyone else. You have the right to believe what you want to believe. Of course, I want people to believe what I believe because that's the nature of belief, right? You know, <laughs> but you have the right to believe what you you want to believe, but you are loved and you have the right to know that you are loved and to feel that love. Because if you've gone from feeling worthless, I felt so worthless. I did not have the right to draw breath. Didn't have the right to exist. I, if I could have vanished by the pain, I would have. So I know that pain, but I know you can come out and I know what it's like to be loved. And I know what it's go to go from survival to thriving. You can love yourself from survive to thrive. And I do love you. I am that lady on the internet who loves you. I'm not just on the internet because I also do speaking and things like that in workshops. So I'm available for things like that because I just want to help people. I know what it is to be miserable, but I know what it is to thrive also. So that's so important to me because I love you guys. There we go. And, uh, you know, with the, I go, I go and tell people that if you, if you can't love yourself, how can you expect someone else to love you? And from there, you know, because if you, and, and I go to uh, a thing too, that, you know, we're told to forgive others, you know, we're brought up, forgive but somewhere we need to be taught more. We've got to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, there's stupid mistakes we did 40 years ago and we're still beating ourselves up about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to forgive ourselves, move forward, learn from it, and then just try not to experience it again. So from there. Right. So, all right, uh, Danielle. Oh, wow. This has been powerful. I appreciate you coming in. Now, one last thing I'm going to ask of you is we know there's other people hurting and struggling today. And if you can leave us with a powerful message to get them through today, that's going to be a blessing. The most powerful message I can give you is you are loved. You are loved. You don't have to earn that love. That love is yours because you're breathing. You have the right to know you're loved. There's a God who created you, who loves you right there, right now, no matter what anyone has ever said to you, you don't have to earn that love. And I challenge you to reach out to him and ask him, ask him about it. And it's between the two of you. You want me to help? I'd love to help you because I do. I love you. Do the old Google search and find Danielle Burnock. Again, she says that's P uh, B E R. She said, some people put a U for that E. Then I the same thing with me, Purdue. People want to spell Purdue P-U-R. And I said, no, that's the university. They misspell it wrong. Okay. And mine is P-E-R. So, all right. So, uh, uh, Danielle, thank you for coming in, spending your valuable time with us. Uh, you have been in uh, uh, a dear. You've been in enlightenment. Loved looking at your pretty smile. That uh, uh, Again, sorry what you went through, but I'm so glad to see how you have blossomed out here to, to share and help other people. All right, pay, uh, people that are listening, coming in, you be sure to listen to this more than once, okay? And be sure to share this out to someone you know that can use some advice on self-love, how to get past their tragedies. And go look uh, Danielle up in social media and give her a talk. So thank you, everybody, for coming in. I'm Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis.
Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Purdue, Professor of Perseverance.